0: Let's, let's just move away from, from that <laughs> We're to catch up with you on about that. Um, I wanted to start by talking about what my personal favorite memory of us is as siblings. And I don't even know if you remember this, but probably my favorite memory, well, I have two that stick out. One of them is uh, Lake Compounds, uh, 2005. Um, but very, foggy.
1: very foggy. Yeah, you I were remember. like
0: eight. So,
1: I mean, I just remember it being an amusement park. I don't remember it being a particularly great experience with you as my brother. Yeah, like that's fair. I was a
0: little older. But the one that also sticks out in my mind that I think you might remember a little more is our six hour car ride from New Orleans to Houston. And we spent pretty much the entire six hour drive. Just making fun of articles in a seventeen magazine.
2: <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Well, I think it was Tiger Beat and like J Pop those magazines. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was seventeen. It was those no, 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 little no. kid magazines. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. between magazine. And we were taking yeah. quizzes about, you know, like yeah. which one uh you know. Uh, is Austin Mahoney likely to date you or, you know, like
1: that. <laughs> he wasn't around <laughs> then, but yeah,
0: <laughs> Justin Bieber, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And I just remember laughing like harder than all, like I've ever laughed, you know, <laughs> it's, it's been surpassed, but I just, I feel just,
1: like we laughed really hard at that David Copperfield and the woman beside me, wine cone video. Yeah. There's a video of rem-
0: a guy making fun of the magician, David Copperfield. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, I feel like we we laughed. I was on the floor rolling. Like, I remember that.
0: <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> one of the things that I always remember about, by the way, Caitlin, if you yeah. want to jump in, you, okay. you can, um, if, you, if you like. All right. Um, so, one of the things that mm-hmm. I always remember about you growing up was that uh, you weren't, I, I always describe you when you were a kid as. Not being a bad kid, quote unquote, but uh, unorthodox in a way that a lot of other adults in your life didn't really have the tools necessary to deal with.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about this today, actually, how there was no acceptance of who I was as a child. It was kind of always like, oh, we're working on this or we're we're working towards this goal of Sarah being polite or whatever it was. There was no, like, you know, Sarah is perfect right now, except from you and maybe a couple other friends or, you know, other people who liked me or whatever,
2: but. Hmm. What sort of things about yourself did you feel weren't accepted that you would have liked to have been accepted for?
1: Um, I mean, being truthful, that's definitely number one. I was, I was an honest child, which, you know, you know how it goes.
2: People hate honesty. Especially yeah, um, kids being honest. They're just so blunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was
0: gonna say like you, you're, you're some, I was like, you know, you're, you're a lot of things, but one of them you're not is a liar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, just, you know, I didn't really have manners per se which I know now that I'm an adult I know that it's important to like be polite and cordial to people but I just didn't see the importance in it when I was a child it just seemed so fake it just seemed like a way for adults to boss me around like I don't I don't know how to explain it like it just seemed like something people wanted me to do because they said so you know not really because i understood why it was important to be kind to others
0: but don't you think don't you think that happens with a lot of things that parents teach their kids i mean oh yeah well part of it is the parents themselves if they really thought about it don't really understand why the rule exists
1: yeah absolutely like you know there's a lot of things people teach their kids that they're just they don't even they don't know the root of it
0: like, what is a handshake? What does that even mean? Yeah. Like, you reach your hand out and the other person grabs it and yeah. it up and down rigorously. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. If you really think about that. You're like, what
1: is that? Yeah, definitely. It's, there's so many rules that are fake. And then you punish your child for not following these fake rules as if you were born with them, but
2: nobody was.
3: Right. Right. <clears throat>
2: Do you think that like you would have? Well, I, I guess A. Do you think it was important that you learned those things? And B. Do you think that there would have been another way to teach you those things?
1: Yeah, I think that it's important that I learned them. Definitely, I'm grateful that I did um, because it kind of got to a point in my life where I was old. I wasn't cute anymore, so it couldn't really I couldn't really get away with a lot of those things, and I kind of just realized maybe when I was like 15 or 16, like, Hey, wait a minute. Like nobody likes me. Like (laughs) everybody hates me. I'm mean, I'm miserable. The things that I say actually hurt people. You know, I didn't really take into consideration all of those things beforehand. So yeah, it was important that I learned those things, but I mean, I had to see it on my own. I had to, I don't know. I just had to realize on my own but I mean maybe somebody could have given me a better example like you know if I it's just that the majority of adults are not nice either so it's like who, who am I looking to for an example for this you know why why should I be nice when every adult is being mean you know? Is,
0: were they being were they being mean? I mean, your teachers in school, do you feel like they were mean if you look back at it now and try to cast your mind's eye back? Or do you think that you just thought that they were mean because they were telling you what to do?
1: Some teachers were mean and controlling. Others were very kind. But it seemed like it just seemed like very generalized. I mean, when you're a teacher, I mean, you know, obviously, you can't get to every single child. You can't know every single child. You can't influence every single child to the extent that you want to. And it just kind of seemed like I always just kind of like flew by in the wind. Like, you know, it was like I was just a student there and every other student just took up all their time. Like there was no real, I just kind of, you know, you know, got whatever, an 86 on the test. And then I dipped like that was it. That seemed like it was kind of the pattern. Well,
0: I mean, honestly, that is kind of for you. I feel like that's the place you want it to be. I don't think that you wanted the attention of all the teachers.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't want the attention. I don't know. I, I wanted to be acknowledged as like special, but not to where. I was being like used as an example against the other kids. You know, when the teacher is like, everybody look, look at Brian's test. He did everything right. This is how I want all of you to do the test next time. Now Brian it's doesn't want to in that moment. Usually. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be that kid. <laughs> I kind of want it to be acknowledged genuinely, you know, not for, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever the teacher want wanted out of me.
0: Right. Well, this is my other favorite memory of you, though, when you did get acknowledged, probably the, when you were the star of uh, the play in fifth grade. Yeah. Right. I mean, and we, and we you know, your mother and I heard, your mother, our mother, uh, <laughs> and I heard uh, on our way out at people asking if you were a professional, like a child uh-huh. actor, uh-huh. you know. And what yeah yeah
3: I don't know anything about, mom, about that. Ask,
0: ask mom after this is over there were people who were coming up to mom and asking if her if your daughter you she should have said yes actress. I could have
1: gotten some gigs
0: it's <laughs> well, kind of like you you tried out for the play what one time you got the lead role you know you were spectacular and then you didn't seem to really do it again after that
1: well, cause in middle school you needed to sing to like, you know, be in the play. And I, that wasn't really my thing. So I did try out for the drama. They had an all drama play in MacArthur. It wasn't a, uh, in high school, it wasn't like a singing thing. And I did audition, but the play they were doing that year, the, the cast was so small and I had never done any other play in the school. So they didn't know me. They didn't, you know, it didn't really work out because the the cast was just so small that I I couldn't even fit, even if they did know me or whatever. But I did audition, I didn't get in.
0: Yeah, we have a because we we have another close family member that uh, happens to be a very good actress and or was a very good actress and singer in high <laughs> school. Um, but yeah, there were not many opportunities for just acting.
1: No yeah, I mean, I mean, I did go to like that the this audition that dad took me to
0: i was there yeah i remember that you audition you were yeah
1: Yeah, they made me they made me there was like a thousand kids there and they made me like just say this small paragraph about i think it was a pop tart commercial and they like made me like say these like phrases like it was like wild berry flavors like (laughs) (laughs) something like that and they wanted me to say it they were like you really gotta spice this up like you really gotta There's wild is in this sentence three different times, so you really got to make them all sound unique. Mm. I was like, all right, and I saw there were a thousand kids there, and I was like, there's no way.
0: Well, we didn't come from a family like some families do that will just like raise you from birth to spend tens of thousands of dollars on acting lessons for you and get a
1: car. Lindsay Lohan,
0: Keith Burke, and all of this.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but. Even if acting was not really one of your passions, you were always big into the directing. I mean, you've probably seen like 300 documentaries, and that's what you went to college for. But well, uh,
1: it's not what I went to college for. It's what I <laughs> sat in a class for for a little bit and then left for. But no, and, let me put it this
0: way: you, know, <laughs> you were going to make that the focus of your college career.
1: Yeah, but I I just don't. I don't feel really creative enough for that route, but I do like acting and I like public speaking. Those are two things that I feel like kind of go hand in hand. So. Why didn't
2: you continue going to college? Did you not like it? Yeah. I just
1: felt like it was so expensive and I just didn't want to have all those loans. And I just kind of realized like, wait a minute, I'm going to be the one with the loans, you know? It was kind of like every single person who told me to go to college wasn't gonna have to pay for it. Yeah. So I was like, and I still feel that way. You know, people still tell me every day, oh, you should go to college, you should go to college. And I'm just like, if you're paying, I'll go. Like, <laughs> me up, yo. like you know? Like, no, no, everybody kind of put it like there was no other option. And then I realized, well, I don't really have to go. I don't have to pay for this, like. And I, I loved my professors. I loved my classes, but I just, I'd just rather live debt-free, honestly. But
0: that's that fair. that's just, that, you're pretty unique to me in that, like, so many people, I think, are in the position that you're in and that they don't want to be in college, but they don't have the courage of their convictions
2: to actually leave. Yeah. They just have a ton of debt and then they the just that they hate. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But a lot of people I know who go to college, like, you know, they say that they really loved it and they like don't regret it. But I don't know, maybe in a couple of years when the debt is still there, (laughs) you know, you never know. I don't know.
0: You still have debt?
1: I don't have any debt. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um,
0: So you mentioned public speaking. What what form does that take, if any, (laughs) with you right now?
1: For right now, nothing. I mean, waiting tables is the closest thing <laughs> right now. But I mean, I do not I do want to start a YouTube channel. And I have some really good stories that I want to tell on my YouTube channel. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I like acting. But I found myself much more interested in, like, nonfiction routes that I could take. I don't know. I, I've thought about maybe... Doing some sort of narration, voice acting type thing, but again, that's like a whole different world that I don't I don't know anything about. So
0: Well, Kate, Caitlin and I met at a media, at a philosophy meetup group, and I think that you would fare pretty well in those. I don't you know think, if you've ever looked up on like meetup.com. I'm sure there's like in New York, I'm sure that there's plenty of like, like hundreds of you philosophy know philosophy groups.
1: groups. Hmm. But. Like you think that I what? like? I mean, doesn't everybody talk at that though?
0: Yeah, they're like roundtable discussions, but I'm saying that I think that you would have valuable insight, especially you know, depending on the topic. If the topic was animal rights, which comes up in a lot of these things.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then you'd have a perfect platform to pontificate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, what? That you're also vegan.
1: Uh, oh, yes, I heard. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice, nice to, to meet you. Us similar values, yes. it's always refreshing. Yes. yes. Um, what
2: inspired your veganism? Hmm. I was writing a philosophy paper, so, like, first philosophy class I took was an ethics class, and, like, I wrote a paper where I was trying to defend, like, um, the practice of eating animals, and, like, I realized, like, I couldn't, and, like, switched sides, but wow. I kind of ignored it, to be honest. Like, it's really easy to ignore, like, that, or, like, just not think about what you're doing, and I just, yeah, but a few years later, I was, like, writing a paper about acrazia which is when you know the right thing to do, but you don't do it, um, and, mm-hmm. like, the more I thought about acrosia, the more I thought, like, how miserable it sounded, and, like, I just yeah. wanted to live my life that way to the extent that I could avoid it, so then I switched. Um, wow, I
1: really like that. I really like that acrosia. Yeah, I feel like i heard that phrase. That's awesome. That's reason, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't know. So, so are you
2: telling me, so you went cold turkey. Yeah, no, I was just like, like I knew it was wrong for like years, and then like but like just ignoring it, and then suddenly it was just like, yeah, wait, I don't want to live my life like that, ah. and then I just stopped. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, my my friend Aaron, Sarah, you've met Aaron. Uh, he's the same way. When eighth grade, saw the movie Meet Your Meat. And, okay,
3: and,
0: uh, and he just... The next day, afraid, yeah. Yeah.
2: I didn't know he was vegan.
0: Actually, uh, sorry, no, he's vegetarian. vegetarian.
2: Yeah, okay. I feel like people who go vegetarian as, like, a kid don't usually switch to veganism later.
1: Yeah, like, a lot of, um, you know, Hindu people who they're, you know, vegetarian from birth, yeah. they don't, they're not vegan.
2: And right. it's
1: kind of like, you know, because they don't look into it, you know, because they don't, because they already... Feel that they have the moral outlook about it. Yeah, but,
2: exactly.
1: Yeah, but like, um, I did watch a video of a vegan converting a vegetarian family. That was good. Nice. It was good.
2: What inspired you to go vegan? Well,
1: I've been vegetarian. I was vegetarian when I was sixteen, nice. um, because Bobby and I at the diner <laughs> shook hands and said that we were going to be vegetarians.
2: And then <laughs> I think I've seen Bobby eat <laughs> meat
1: a few times. I was, and I didn't, I didn't eat meat again. And then, um, oh, just like that. Yeah, and then my, my boyfriend that I have now, I was dating him, I started dating him, he was a meat eater. And then he kind of came to his own realizations that he wanted to become a vegetarian. I didn't push him into it or even talk to him about it at all. Because I just wasn't as passionate about it, especially because I was a vegetarian. And when you're a vegetarian, you're kind of, you're not really there because you're also contributing to, you know, the dairy and the egg industry.
0: Consider the egg.org.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) promo. Um, So he was becoming vegetarian. And then one day he just sent me a Snapchat that said vegan day one. Hmm. And then in that moment, I was like, okay, vegan day one, like, if you're vegan, I'll be vegan, like, and then we're vegan now. Nice.
2: So. so you didn't watch, like, Earthlings or something like that and get traumatized by it, and then...
1: No, I had already seen all those videos when I was very young, because my, my childhood best friend became a vegetarian at seven, hmm. so I I kind of, like, knew about it all, but I was, like, discouraged by, I mean, honestly, my my dad, like, used to, like, kind of get mad at the idea of me becoming a vegetarian but then one day I was just kind of like I'm a vegetarian that's it and then he didn't he didn't really say anything I mean I was a teenager by then it didn't really matter you know my parents like I guess when my parents really like made a lot of food for me they probably didn't want to do that or whatever make like vegetarian food but then when I was a teenager and I was going out eating out buying my own food it, it didn't really matter anymore. So
0: Yeah, I, I know that this is one of the one of several times in which you've taken a hard line moral stance about something. And this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about because um I know that you and I uh, on a lot of these things overlap in our, you know, agreement on what's moral and what's not. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we seem to be the minority. Uh on, oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Then, you know, the most the most famous one is where we both i don't have facebook anymore but when i did we'd always be the only two people arguing on these peaceful parenting posts <laughs> which people feel the oh, need yeah. to justify you know hitting really yeah yeah
2: On like a peaceful parenting like okay i'm
0: saying that there's a post that's talking about the yeah. hitting, i see and we are the and all the comments are just you know circle like, jerking each other they're just, just like
2: yeah you've got yeah. a kid to make them learn or right. like, yeah
0: yeah there's that or people who were hit who were saying how important it was
1: that
2: they got hit. I've never seen yeah. person who's like, yeah, spanking is great, who's seen
1: well-adjusted. <laughs> it like ties back into that fake, you know, rules type thing. It's like, oh, you gotta hit your kid when they don't say please, even though please doesn't exist, you know, like, nice. if you gotta hit your kid when, when whatever, even though none of this is real and we're all floating on a rock, like, you know, it's like, People do and oh my gosh, I've been seeing these posts lately about these, you know, the tactic where you don't hold your baby so that they...
2: Oh, oh you just down. like let them cry it out. Oh, you talk about this. God, that's so bad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> It's horrible and traumatizing, even for an infant. And all these people are out here like, you, I saw this post that was like, oh, this is so hard. I've been doing this cry out method and my baby is sound asleep every time I hold him but I just need to put him back down and then he starts screaming again like you know the baby okay. stops crying the second she puts the second she holds him and then she's like oh but I need to make him less attached to me for some reason even though he's an infant and all he needs is attachment to his mother obviously you know yeah that people don't want to hold their babies
0: yeah, I mean, I think that you, I mean, you've actually done the research on, or looked into the research on this to see that, like, none of this works.
2: Yeah, <laughs> although it's, like, terrifying to me because, like, it was, like, mainstream parenting advice in, like, the 80s, I think. Yeah. Like, it scares me because, like, what are we, like, what's mainstream now that turns out to be, like, horrifyingly traumatizing? Like I've been watching. There is a logic behind it. It just happens to be wrong, right? Like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I've been watching that, the series on Netflix called Babies. I don't know if you've been watching it, mm-hmm. but they talk about that, um, how holding your baby is so important. And it's kind of like, when else is this person going to get held? You know, when you're a baby, that's it. That's the time. Like, why are you restricting your baby because that what they need to be more mature, they can't even walk like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's this weird attitude that people have about like, you know, oh, you can't give in because then your child's going to going to think that life is always going to hold them. Like that's, that's kind of what people say about it.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. Well, there's this sort of modern day, I don't know where it comes from, but I feel like a, there's this modern day hatred of children in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, oh yeah,
1: I think it's a all time of humanity hatred of children. Yeah.
0: Huh. Well, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 almost as though <laughs> parents view their kids as just getting in the way of their good time
2: yeah absolutely i mean wait but is that new
0: no i'm saying okay. i don't know if it's new i think it's uh, i don't know if it's new, now but next. i think that maybe what's happening now is that people have a platform to pontificate about why it's important to do the cry out method or why we need to hit our kids or you know why we need to teach them quote-unquote discipline i mean i feel like in some ways there has been moral progress because the really bad stuff and a lot of times has been exposed. Like you can't just, you can't just punch your kid in the face in public because there's smartphones now. Mm. So there's that type of accountability that <laughs> didn't exist. I mean. But the,
1: the real question is, will somebody do something about it? Like will the police do something about it if you hit your kid in public and someone calls the police? Well, like that's
2: the they, Or like what should they do in those situations? Right, because like stinking is bad, but like foster care is really bad. Um, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> an open question. Like, but like, so like, you my, know, yeah. yeah my, my not idea saying we that. shouldn't do anything, yeah. but.
0: Yeah. My idea for that would be open an investigation mm. and have third party intervention, have a third party that's able to monitor what's going
2: on yeah or like help them find strategies for like dealing with their anchor or something yeah yeah I hear that social workers they do
1: everything they can to make sure that a child stays in their home with their parents yeah Mm -hmm. but that's such a that's not that's a biased mentality to go in with because you're gonna be looking for a reason to keep them there. Well, but,
2: I mean, I don't, well, okay, like, what's your impression of the foster care system? Because my understanding of that is that's, like, profoundly traumatizing where you're kind of just,
1: oh no, yeah, it's absolutely between
2: From home to home for, like, six months with, like, basically no ability to make friends. like no progress in the school, like, and, like, people who don't really necessarily care about you and are abusive themselves. So like, yeah. from that standpoint, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like you, you kind of, it does have to be kind of bad, like, I mean, maybe we can make our foster care system less terrible too, but I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tough situation, and it does go back to the fact that people hate children.
2: It doesn't matter
1: if they're your parents, doesn't matter if you're a foster parent, like, you know, I want to be a foster parent because I I want to be the, the foster parent that doesn't exist, basically. Yeah. I do want to do that.
0: Well, everybody um, wants to do that. Everyone, you know, teachers <laughs> go into the profession bright eyed and bushy tailed and they think that they're going to be the teacher that changes the, changes the world and changes the entire industry of education by bringing about their revolution. <laughs> and then you realize that you're constrained by reality and bureaucracy. Yeah and you know you're, you're constrained by the reality of the biology of these kids hmm. which is to say that there are certain things that no matter how patiently you try to explain it to them they just have to come to it on their own time like you were talking about yeah parents. they just have to come to it on their own time um, and then there's the other constraint which is bureaucracy which is to say that you go into this profession either parenting or teaching or whatever it is you're entering into a game where you didn't create the rules and you just have mm-hmm. to abide by those rules yeah so there's no all of it, it's just so so much of it is out of your hands
1: mm-hmm. you know i yeah I, I agree with that and it's it sucks as uncle jesse would say in the episode of uh full house when they when they report the abused child mm-hmm. it's a crummy situation kiddo <laughs> 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 or a lousy i think he's a lousy situation because <laughs> stephanie because you know, Stephanie reported her friend who was being abused, and it was like, other, well, he wasn't safe there. He had to be sent away. Oh, then why do I feel so lousy? Because it was a lousy situation, kiddo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I mean, but then we come to the question of when exactly is it, when exactly is third party intervention allowed? Because there are some people yeah. who I, I feel have a completely inconsistent view of when third party intervention is allowed. So um like hitting there are people who will say that yeah if you're repeatedly hit locked in a closet you know whatever it is some some kind of traumatizing abuse then third-party intervention should come in and either remove you from that environment or be monitoring you and stuff like that on the other hand when it comes to something like refusing a blood transfusion because you're a (laughs) Jehovah's Witness right something that is actually going to result in your child's death People make all these kinds of exceptions and say, but that's a religious viewpoint. You know, mm-hmm. we can't step in Wait, that kind of. Wait, who says
2: that? <laughs> like are. that isn't a Jehovah's Witness.
0: <laughs> no, there are a lot of people who are worried about trampling on First Amendment liberties, I think. Yeah. I think, okay. I think all right. there are a lot of people like that. Who are, yeah. in general are very nervous about trampling on religious freedom. Like they, they just Then they
2: when think, kids they are view, dying. They, they I mean, view that come as, a,
0: on. as a very sacred thing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Christian science. Like, let's not give my kid any medical attention because we'll just pray for the medical attention. It's like, Mm. you don't own your child in that way. And yeah, it's like, it's the same thing as just, you know, I feel like the state rightfully owns your child in that situation. And Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that you you really can't like isn't it is it illegal to like deny your child like medical attention I I don't know I feel like it, there should sure. should be if it's not
2: yeah I, actually I don't think know. you can get a judge to override it I think in certain situations but I'm not positive either
0: yeah I'm not sure it's one not thing positive. that I do one thing that I do know you can get an exemption from is any and all vaccines yeah um and you can you can't be you can't be not allowed to attend public school. So, even if you refuse vaccines for your children, it's unconstitutional to ban them for public school on that basis.
2: Did the Supreme Court rule on that? Like, uh, unconstitutional? Like, oh, wow. Because uh, I feel like I've seen that, that happen locally, that it's where they're studying- Kind of aggressive about the
0: vaccines. Well, I would love, I, I don't know that the Supreme Court yeah. has officially ruled these unconstitutional mm. because right now it exists.
2: Okay. Right, yeah, now, okay.
0: right now there's a, all it is is just a form that you have to fill out huh. and it has to be handwritten of you explaining your specific religious objection to this.
3: Huh.
0: Um, and I believe it actually has to be signed by a religious official. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. But um, oh, yeah. I mean, what what, we- how are you going to object to that? How are you going to object to, you know, it's like uh, it's like Bob Jones University, which banned interracial dating really? <laughs> until the year until the year two thousand, and uh, in like the year nineteen eighty, they they finally lost their tax exempt status because they were like, you can't be you can't be tax exempt charitable organization and ban interracial
3: <laughs> dating, yeah.
0: So, then, That's crazy. They, you know, because what, what are you going to say? Like, they're arguing in the Supreme Court. It's like, yeah, but the book of Mark says the blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, we don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care what Mark said. <laughs> Wait, why does Lake Compound stand out to you? <laughs> I want to um, get back. Was,
0: because it was, <laughs> yeah, sorry, switching gears majorly. Um, <laughs> the reason why that one stands out is because we, um, you probably don't remember any of this. So they have one big water slide there, and they closed it down. They closed it down uh early that day, I think, because of rain. So we spent two hours in just this little circle of like smaller water slides and monkey bars and stuff like that. We were just playing in that for like two hours, and uh I you know I don't know it sounds doesn't sound as fun when I'm saying it out loud, but uh you had to be there. Well, you were there,
1: but <laughs> yeah i I don't. I don't recall. No, that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same Oh wait, it was like a Wanta water park kind of thing.
0: No, it was like one of those things where you know the water pours into the bucket and then it spills over. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. We have that picture. Yes. That pic- okay, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I know the picture, but I still don't really have too many specific memories.
0: Yeah. One of the other, uh, you know, morals. St- so I wanted to ask you about the, the firebrand of veganism. Because I don't know how you are when you interact with, like, strangers about it. But um, I'm wondering what tactics you think work on people. Because you have been able to convert some of your friends to veganism.
1: Yeah. Well, the number one reason I think my friends are converted is because they see me every day living as a vegan. And they know that it's kind of where they wanted to be. Like they saw that it was immoral. They liked the idea. And then they, they just took it upon themselves. Like I didn't really drill it into anyone's head that they had to become vegan. Um, When I talk to strangers about it, it's hard. It's a hard thing to talk about because you don't want to come off as just a bitch. But when you tell the truth, I mean, that's what you are. So it's hard. Um, I'm constantly working on how I approach people about it. Um, I just try to tell people that it was the best decision I ever made. And that, um, you know, I love, you know, most people, I like, kind of already have an idea of why a person would be vegan. You know, most people who I, I speak to, they say like, oh, you know, I would be vegan, but Mm -hmm. I, I like chicken too much or something like, you know, so it's like they already are saying that they understand that veganism is kind of the moral way, but they just don't really have the energy to try. So it's kind of like, nobody really comes to me and says like, oh, I don't understand that, you know, animals are food. I mean, some people do say that, but it's, it's more so, especially people my age, where I'm from, already kind of know why veganism exists. I guess people from an older generation are kind of like, I don't understand that. Why animals are, you know, why else are animals here, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a video where Peter Singer went on the Colbert Report to talk about it. And uh Colbert's like, you know, character, but he says on the on the show, he's like, But didn't God say in Genesis that I'm supposed to subdue the animals of the earth and mm-hmm. whatever I want with them? And Peter Singer goes, uh, if he did, I, I would find a different God to to follow them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mark is a firm, much more my boyfriend crazy vegan than I am. Much more, like, to the point, much more outspoken about it, very angry about it. Um, How long has he been vegan? Actually. He's only been vegan for, uh, it's gonna be two years in May for the both of us. Okay. So it was the same day that we both went vegan. Yeah. Um, We both have the same opinions on it, but he is much more much less understanding when people kind of reject the idea of veganism
3: mm-hmm.
1: and is uh, is the fire and brimstone vegan you know <laughs> you know person
0: he's also I mean I know I, I did notice that about he's also a fire and brimstone atheist
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> he yes. He, he, this is what he says he's always saying he says religion is the worst thing in the world it is the reason that people are not vegan. That is what, that is how he, what he says. He just says that religion makes people think that they can just use animals because they think that they're like holier than thou. And that did happen. This girl worked at the pizzeria that I worked at for a little while, this vegan pizzeria, and she didn't speak any English. She was like on holiday from Argentina. And she just needed a job for, like, three months or whatever, and she spoke no English. She was just supposed to be, like, a bus girl, and I was trying to kind of communicate with her a little bit, and she was thinking about what to eat off the menu, and I told her, like, oh, you should look at the vegan menu, basically, and she was, like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not into vegan food or whatever, and I was, like,
2: um. Categorically, just, (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, and I was just, like, oh, uh, you know, why? Like, why do you, why do you say that? Like, what about the animals? Like, do you ever consider veganism? Like, I just, I don't know, I just kind of brought it up, and she, she couldn't really speak any English, but the only thing that she could say was, Jesus. And I was like, oh, all right, there's no, I mean, there's no conversation here, because you, I, there's a language barrier on top of the fact that there's a religion barrier, so, you know. But, it it was like her only response you know she didn't ha- she didn't seem to have any other answer other than jesus
0: yeah well that brings me to my next hardline moral stance that you seem to take because you're very because i noticed that the running theme in all of these is you seem to be very protective of the innocent which i guess you know a lot of people are but the word innocent is often in the eye of the beholder right so you know if some yeah. If some you know you know
1: animals Barack, and children there like Barack
0: Obama, you know, Barack Obama talking about you know, gave a speech talking about you know jihad, Islamic jihad, and said that this is not Islam because no religion kills innocent people.
3: Mm-hmm. and I
0: said and I said, well, President Obama might be right, but innocent is defined by the person who you know exactly within each person's mind, right so um you may view, you know, animals as the innocent, right? Mm-hmm. And then other people may just view them as food. Some people may view the unborn as innocent.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And some other people might just view them as a tumor.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? So, do you have some kind of baseline where you um, decide, like, this is a protected class of innocence that I'm going to care about?
1: Um. Well, I. I'm a firm believer that everyone is pretty innocent. I mean, none of us really chose to be here. Most people who commit acts that are violent or hurtful towards the innocent are hurt themselves and, you know, traumatized in some way. And they were once children as well. And like, I try to take into consideration that we really are all children. Um, And yeah i'm I'm a firm believer that m- m- most people are are pretty innocent, I would say you know even even vile criminals i mean they they are the way they are for a reason they didn't choose to be here they're just a victim of their environment really.
2: What would it mean to not be innocent then under your framework <sighs> I don't know that's a difficult
1: question because I feel like I could make a defense for a lot of different types of people. You know, I was just having this discussion with my boyfriend and my other friend about pedophiles and like, you know, I think that, you know, it's disgusting because they're traumatizing children and that's horrible. And I don't want anything negative to happen towards children. But, but I say, but the pedophile themselves, they're a person too. And they were a child, and there's a chance that they were sexually violated and that they're a victim of their own fucked up brain. That doesn't make it okay to touch a child because you know there's a victim in that situation. But you know, is the pedophile just an evil scum of the earth? I don't think it's that black and white.
0: Yeah, see, so <laughs> You you, you, that's, you don't want that to get cut out, right? So let's just make it clear that you are not defending the action. Oh no,
1: yeah, I'm not defending pedophiles. They traumatize children and they ruin lives forever. And that's horrible. And I, I think that, uh, uh, but I, I do want to acknowledge that the pedophiles may also, they, you know, it's kind of like a person, with a mental illness, you know, they're just kind of living in their own head and they don't have any other reference. They, they're just, they're just stuck in a place where they, you know, this earth living in a body. And I mean, who knows what's going on in their head, not defending them. Cause like, obviously they traumatize people and that's wrong.
0: Right. So it's, there is a, um, uh... There, there, are people out there, you know, in our camp. I actually make Caitlin might be one of them who don't believe in free will.
2: Yeah, right. I would say so. Yeah, right. like, like at least from the standpoint of like the universe just playing itself out. I, I'm averted that. Right.
0: So then you have to ask, on what basis are we, as our criminal justice system, based if there's no mm. free will? Yeah, like the, the most common defense of that is just the quarantine theory, yeah. which is like, you, okay, maybe you aren't ultimately responsible for your actions. Because you're just the result of consciousness playing itself out, and you're just uh, a being in a big game of hungry, hungry hippos. But uh, still, even still, for the rest, for the purposes of the rest of us, we just need to cordon you off and keep you far away from the rest of us, so the rest of us can live our lives, even though it's really not your fault. We still have to, you know, for the good of the rest. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> I mean, you can make a deterrence punishment argument, even if there's no free will. Like, the action of punishing people for it will have the consequence of people not doing it. If in theory, at least. Um,
0: yeah, well, I wouldn't want to. Well, the act would have to be committed first. Like, I'm not on board with just torturing people, just as a, like, don't step out of line, like, just <laughs> torture random people. Sure, sure. <laughs>
2: Seems pretty evil. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but going back to what you were saying earlier about, um, or on what Caitlin asked you about, about um, somebody who really would be
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, like evil or uh, would be not innocent. Um, there's a couple, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a percentage point of people out there who are complete psychopaths who take pleasure in the misery of others who uh you know will gleefully uh relish and you know get off to the fact that they're not that they find a wallet on the ground and the other person doesn't know where it is, and the other person, you know, is keeping themselves up at night, wondering whether where their ID is and where their uh credit cards are and where the picture that their sister drew of them when they were three is.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um I I feel I, that I'm, I'm on board with a lot of what you're saying, but there are some people out there that I'm willing to be like, you know what, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm I am
1: Yeah, I mean, there are people who happened. are like a danger to society. Like people who are a danger to society, like pedophiles, I'm not saying pedophiles shouldn't be locked up for what they've done or rehabilitated in some way. Um, you know, I still think that they should be separated from society because they're obviously going to traumatize other children, you know, many children if they get away with it. But I'm just trying to maybe see it from a perspective where they are, you know, still a person and where they were once a child you know, I like to think of everybody as like, you know, we were all once children. So like, what does that mean? What does that say about us? What does that say about who we are as people, as adults now?
0: Yeah, you're a lot more forgiving, I think, than I than I am.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I'm definitely not forgiving. I, I don't want anyone to hurt children, like, you know, people who rape children or hit children, even like, even people who just like, smack their kid in the face once, like, I'm still like, that's unacceptable. But I still, from a human perspective, not a personal perspective, but from a human perspective, I try to see it, you know, just from their perspective. And I try to see what they see and, you know, live the, maybe they have life experiences that have shaped them to believe a certain way or... You know i uh, a lot of pedophiles were raped as children and molested, so i mean what does that what does that say you know is, is that does that mean anything or is it irrelevant? Hmm. Hmm. I
2: don't know, I think everyone's doing the best they can with the cards that they've been dealt, no matter what yeah. Like even if they haven't been raped or something like that, like it's just kind of how things are. Like it's how their brains are. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> like, move, move away from the pederasty. Yeah, yeah.
1: defending pedophiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I don't want to. I don't want to be <laughs>
0: construed as defending. You know, even though you've said, no. Well, I, I <laughs> no, no, no. I know, I know you're not. You know.
1: People need to see that it's just not so, that everything isn't so black and white. This is another problem with YouTube comments of people being like, <laughs> another oh, problem." Do you that, you this, blah, 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 you know, constantly coming for YouTubers or celebrities because they said this and they said that. And it's like, you have to take things the way that the person intended them to be taken <laughs> and not... You know, people who listen, they obviously know that I'm not defending pedophiles, but if they wanted to make a comment that I was, then they're just pulling that out of their ass because they just want to be problematic. Well, yeah. And they, you know,
0: and the the thing that always comes to my mind with this, because, you know, I've actually, I've been on YouTube for a long time, so I've had to deal with this nonsense. I don't post that much about my personal opinions on YouTube anymore, but when I did, you know, (laughs) people have these grandiose, uh, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They blow it out of proportion, like you're. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's like um,
0: a classic example on Facebook. You know, I, I said that uh, I, I disavow my Jewish identity, right? I don't identify with it at all. I I have no connection to the Torah. I have no connection to this ethnic group. It's just a, it's just an ancestral line that doesn't mean anything to me. And, you know, the comments that I get from Jews are, you know, I really think that Hitler would agree with you there. It's oh like, I no, I think that Hitler would disagree with you. I think that, huh. you know, and it's like, you know, Hitler's dead. Okay. Yeah. Dead a long time. And he was wrong. He was also mm-hmm. wrong when he said that it was an ethnic group. Mm-hmm. He's wrong to think that. He's wrong to think mm-hmm. that it's anything that matters. Okay. Yeah. Why
1: is Hitler's opinion all of a sudden so important? <laughs> it's, like,
0: it's like, you know, oh, well, you can't disavow this identity because of the Holocaust, and he wins if you don't, you know, raise your kids in this tradition. It's like, well, I, uh, <laughs> it's like, you're what? So, what you're basically saying is that I'm on the side of the most brutal dictator ever because I don't agree with you. That's not what you're trying okay. to frame this as. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a great example, is. but there are a lot of other things where it's like, You know, actually, there's a relative of ours who I won't specify um, who once, who I was trying to make an argument, not necessarily that I believed it, but I was just trying to make the argument that um, depending on if your child has a certain severe disability, it might be better to get an abortion if you knew that your child was going to have some debilitating Mm -hmm. illness. And this person just, this person in our family just went off on me about how I was promoting eugenics <laughs> and how I just want to breed only certain types of people. I'm not
2: saying that at all. <laughs> <laughs> am I saying that? Am I, am like, I, aren't I, you? I mean, like, no. I- uh,
0: So, well, I should be clear what I mean okay, when I okay, say okay. severe disability. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about people, I'm talking about babies that will be born without a brain. Yeah. I'm talking about babies that will be born Never recognizing another human face, you know,
2: like I agree with you. I'm just like (laughs) saying saying that, that yeah, if you're bad, like if you want to say it's eugenics
0: because I'm making a determination, based
2: like you are kind of deciding which people, which sorts of people, like, yeah, which, like, I I disagree
0: because you know, why I
2: disagree
0: that that particular (laughs) example that I'm talking about doesn't fit my definition of person,
3: okay, okay, Mm -hmm.
0: different kinds of people, a person is not a a a homo sapien that can't recognize another human face Mm -hmm. to me is not a person. Okay, now maybe I'm just just as bad as those SS officers that just want, you know, that would walk up and down lines and just make prisoners carry wet bags of salt from one end of a room to another back and forth for eight hours and for no reason other than to just see them labor and just shoot them dead at the end of the day. Maybe I'm on their same moral plane, but I think that I'm operating in a little more good faith but but you know that actually brings <laughs> that actually brings up a point because i mean you could say the same thing about the nazis right or the, you know the stalinist communists that they're just products of their environment as well right
2: yeah i think that's true
0: right yeah yeah
2: but like definitely
0: there's no reason to think actually our father agrees with this perspective he says that there's no reason to think that if you were born in that country at that time that you wouldn't have been hanged for your crimes against humanity. Oh
1: yeah. I think about it a lot how I'm grateful for the environment that I was raised in because if I was raised somewhere else that might be a little more traditional I might be religious I might be eating animals I might be already having children and already have traumatized them so I'm I'm grateful that I've come to all these realizations in this environment where I can be educated enough to see, you know, I can look from like an outside perspective at my life. A lot of other people, they don't have that, uh, privilege to kind of see their traditions and step away from them.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing that I definitely wanted to say is, I think the reason why you have part of that perspective, though, is because you're you're not in, you work at a restaurant that is inhabited by mainstream America, right? I mean, the average American frequents where you work, so you are probably engaging with the average person a lot more often than I am or than Caitlin is, right? I mean, you see these people day in and day out. And do they, I mean, you only are taking their food order, but I think that you can garner a lot from overhearing their conversations sometimes. I mean, Oh,
1: yeah. Do you,
0: do you, feel, do you feel that these average American families that you're interacting with are thinking about these issues on the a deep level? Because I tend to think that they're really no. not. No,
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. There's no way. I mean, the vegan restaurant is a little bit different because I hear the vegan conversation every day. And I hear it from them because if you're vegan or if you're not vegan, if you're going there, you're you're going to have the conversation. Like every table says the word vegan when I'm not around. Like I hear it. So, I mean, and it's a lot of young people, a lot of people who are very, you know, in tune with, you know, what's going on. And that's, I feel like they are kind of waking up to these issues, you know, that it's already on their radar because they're already vegan. But, you know, at the other restaurant, <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. My other restaurant, it's, it's uh, all ribs. <laughs> and uh, I mean, those people are just, I mean, if we're especially we're talking families with children, man, it's, it, it scares me. It scares me. I I always say, like, a little prayer, you know, to the air. I'm like, oh, please, God, save this child. Make them realize that they don't have to listen to this parent for the rest of their life. Like, I just, I really do. I, I literally pray for the children that come to Rube Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I I find that I I was doing that myself. I feel that you'll you'll your nihilism will exponentially increase the longer you stay in those types of
1: environments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Uh, you know, working at a Denny's for three years myself, it's like I, you know, <laughs> I have I'm not exposed to as many stories as you are, but uh, I mean I, I saw a lot in the families, and you know, there were a couple of people that had to be banned. Hmm. You know.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they don't like, really try to ban too many people because it's like a corporate place. Think of the
0: think of the bar that you need to be below to be banned. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: I think about <laughs> that. <I'm, you> know, <laughs> notice that the staff is laughing at you. Like, what kind of person do you think you are? Do you think that every like that everybody else is just against you for no reason, or maybe, maybe, but maybe, like you, you need to work on yourself because you're a psychopath. But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I do feel that you use that term a little too liberally. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, psychopath is, uh, doesn't mean that. But I just mean a person who's a little, uh, you know, off the rails and needs help. But I don't mean a person who lacks empathy. I mean, they probably do lack empathy, though, because they're mean to, you know, staff, which you could argue is lacking empathy.
0: Um, a little bit. I, I, I could see that. But, but um, I, going back to what I was saying before, I was like, yeah, the, I, I have a feeling that I, I'm able to sort of craft my environment when I think that you are too, to where I'm surrounded mostly by philosophically minded people. I mean, that's why I do this podcast so that I can speak to other people that's, that think about things on a deep level. And I remember we were texting a couple months ago, And you were telling me about how frustrated you were getting that people just don't understand how to have a conversation, that they're viewing everything through the lens of a personal attack on them. Yes.
1: People don't know how to have... I'm not going to say like a devil's advocate type discussion because I, I don't really play devil's advocate, but I just mean people are just incapable of having a discussion where I'm presenting facts... And then they respond and present facts as well.
2: It just doesn't work. It's always... Are these conversations about uh, veganism?
1: It's about veganism, but also <sighs> astrology. This is like a big oh. one for me. I don't want to attack people who believe in astrology, but they see it that way because I don't believe in astrology. So it's automatically like, you know seen as an attack when I'm just trying to state the facts that nobody really knows if astrology is real and then it's like oh but I do but <laughs> I do and it's like okay whatever like you know this is a thing that my generation seems to relish in is this you know mercury in retrograde uh oh you don't know what that is no oh my god gosh you don't know what that is i don't know when it is but i know that when mercury is in retrograde (laughs) oh you better believe these people go crazy i think it means that when
0: mercury um rotates on its axis in the reverse direction as the rest of the
2: planets that does feel significant i i see why
0: If feels like, it doesn't feel significant to the degree that I'm going to change my life from
1: breakfast this morning. Yeah, like people, I mean, people say that their phone glitches and their mood swings. And it's like a person saying, oh, when I drink gin, I get aggressive. It's like, you don't get aggressive when you drink gin. You're just making an excuse. People are like, oh, when mercury is in retrograde, man, I can't control myself. You know, my wife or something like that. I don't know like I've got, I get mood swings or something. It's like, maybe you're just a human with a brain and you have emotions. Like, have you ever thought about that? I don't (laughs) think so. But anyway.
0: (laughs) Uh. So from what I remember, if this is okay to talk about, I think that the last time we spoke about it, I remember you, you're, you're kind of not in favor of people having children in general. I mean, you seem to be kind of sympathetic to the voluntary human extinction movement. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to sit and be <laughs> <It's eating like. laughs>
0: Just waiting. This will be the last topic. Um, because it always is. Um, <laughs> but did I hear you right? I, I believe you said um, that if somebody gets pregnant, they have to deal with the consequences of that but they should try to not have kids if they can help it.
1: You mean like in a don't have an abortion way?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're pregnant, you have to just kind of deal with it. Like it's kind of an F. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember. What, do you, what I mean, do you- if
1: you, if you choose to carry out your pregnancy, then yes, I feel like you should obviously do your best. I mean, putting your kid up for adoption. I mean, it's the same fo- same thing as a foster care. It's like, you know, adoption is probably worse than you maybe not being financially stable or ready to have a child in some ways. But um, yeah, I think that people should try not to have children. And if you do wanna have children and if you are financially stable, Then you should foster or adopt. I mean, should is kind of a strong word. It makes people feel, it makes people think that I am anti-women when I say things about how you shouldn't have children (laughs) because I'm, you know, judging what women should do with their bodies. But there's a victim involved. It's not just a woman's body. There's another being, there's another person who's being affected by the situation, sometimes multiple people. So, yeah, I think people should take that into consideration.
0: Well, when you say there's another vic- another affected victim, do you think that there's an affected victim uh, if she chooses to terminate her pregnancy? Like, I'm just trying to get ask you about the moral status of the unborn.
1: Well, abortion is a difficult topic for me because I feel like I don't really have too much of a, an opinion. Um, used to. <laughs> I just... I don't want to tell people what they should do with their bodies and I also feel like having a natural child is maybe not the best option because it it leaves such a big carbon footprint that sometimes having an abortion can be better for the environment and also better long term for the actual child because they're gonna be probably traumatized by either a bad adoptive family or in the adoptive system or by a parent who wasn't ready or didn't care about having a baby. So uh, it's interesting when I see it from that perspective, when I see it from like an environmental perspective as well, it's kind of like you know, having it you know, it's just going to be another person in line at Starbucks at the end of the day. I mean, what is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not just another person clogging off the line at Starbucks. Yeah,
1: just another person in traffic, just another person driving a car and buying slave-made goods and, you know, littering and whatever, you know, pissing their hormones into the ocean. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that's,
0: well, it's that
1: it's not fine really
2: for me.
0: It's actually uh, interesting that you mentioned that. So, so our last guest, he—I don't know if he was a card-carrying anti-natalist.
2: He wasn't technically. He was like I think he was like technically okay with it. He just didn't like the idea of kids. As yeah, he was like, it's not
0: just about you. It's yeah, about being here. Yeah, yeah, but, that's well, true. Maybe he was kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, his well, yeah, he was
1: anti-abortion. He didn't, he didn't speak about that,
0: but one oh, okay. of the things that I thought was interesting that he said was, if you find a person that is so special to you that you want to have kids with them, you shouldn't, because, <laughs> because having a child will ruin your romantic relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Of years where you'll just not have time for them.
1: It's also just, true.
0: all about the kids. Another
1: thing is that most people, they hate themselves. They hate themselves. They have terrible self-esteem. They don't know how to deal with their own emotions, their own problems, their own trauma. yet. They're like, oh, I need a person who looks just like me. <laughs> like, why? You hate yourself. You are disgusted when you look in the mirror, yet you want another person who looks just like you? Yeah, That's you, a little
0: yeah, weird. Need that, pers- that person's going to fix all the things that you did wrong.
1: Yeah. You're going to look at that person and you're going to feel, which I, I do think is possible. Like, You're going to look at that person and you're going to feel better, better about yourself, which, I mean, is possible. I mean, maybe if I had a child who looked like me, and I thought that they were perfect and beautiful and I loved them, like, you know, you should love your child, then maybe I would think, oh, I guess, I guess I'm, you know, beautiful and perfect as well, because we're, we look alike, or whatever, I don't know,
2: but. It could also easily go the other way, right, where you, like, I've seen, I've frequently seen parents, like, who make remarks about their children's and, like, especially teenagers' bodies, which, like, yeah, definitely are the things they hate about themselves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you some stories after we yeah. end this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I noticed that you said you. This, the last thing I'll say is, uh, you did say that you want to be a foster parent, um, uh, mm-hmm. adopt, because mm-hmm. there's a, a duty to do so, which I, I do agree with. No, I,
1: I feel that it, there's a that I have a calling. Hmm. like, and a, and a duty. But I really, now that I've come to this realization, that adopting is a more moral option, and foster care is a more moral option, I cannot look the other way. Hmm. I cannot look, I cannot see it from a, you know, I, I lived my whole life thinking that I was going to have a biological child. But then I realized that, that is just so far away from a good decision
0: yeah well you know what they all say you'll change your mind don't worry.
1: oh yeah <laughs> yeah i actually um i saw this meme that was like you'll change your mind bingo and it was like a bunch of squares of what you know adults tell people who say they don't want to have kids um it's like oh when you find the right person it's like uh yeah all right it's just because they're not listening you know if people listened, if people wanted to think for one minute you know maybe my child didn't ask to be here you know people don't like to think that people like to think I'm the hero I'm the sacrificer I'm the the uh the hero of my own story and I made these children and these children they look up to me and they're perfect and i did everything for them and i i i rule their world or whatever people just want to believe that
0: yeah
3: they
1: I, uh, did it all for their kids
0: i saw this great movie uh last night which you should watch it on netflix guess who's coming to dinner it's from the 60s it's an interracial couple in the 60s and they go to their pa- and the the girl's white and the guy is black and they go to the girl's parents to try to get approval and they're supposed to be these really enlightened, hoity-toity liberals that are fine with anything. But then, you know, she brings home a black guy. And they're like, well, wait, well, whoa. <laughs> I mean, we we're not
1: that liberal. We right?
0: didn't say that you could marry them, you know. <laughs> but they eventually, they do come around and they're like, what, what are we doing? Why, are, why do yeah. we have any objections to this? But there's a great scene, um, which I'll, I'll, I'll send to you, where the, the, the black man, his parents also hate the idea. They're also really against it. And um, the, uh, the, the, the man in the, in the story, uh, Sidney Poitier, is the actor. He gives this great impassioned speech to his dad about how he, because his dad is like, all the stuff I did for you. And Sidney Poitier's character says, y- I owe you nothing. You owed me everything you could ever do for me. Hmm. And I will owe it to my child if I ever have one. But I owe you nothing. Yeah, and My son yep. owe me nothing.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um I actually wanted wanna take this all the way around. <laughs> circle, Cause I just I was just realizing my favorite memory with you. Mm. So it's not a specific memory, it's kind of more general of like a compilation of memories, but I mean you definitely brought a lot of things into my life like things that I would never have been interested in otherwise like you know math and reading and cubing and everything but I feel like the number one thing that you gave me was comedy I feel like I have memories of us watching shows so many times so many memories of us watching movies or shows together and you laughing at something and then me kind of getting a cue like oh that's funny like that was funny I should laugh at it like I never I feel like I wouldn't have gotten jokes if you weren't there like laughing at the jokes next to me because I you know I wouldn't know it's kind of like the the studio audience it's like you don't know (laughs) that it's funny until the studio audience laughs
0: well uh, that that
3: that
1: makes audience yeah now that
0: makes more sense as to why we laugh at all identical things yes
1: identical no language. I mean it does. I mean now I actually am laughing but back in the day it did take a little bit of processing to realize <laughs> oh Bobby's laughing at this like it's funny that was a joke like that that comedic pause was like on purpose you know just like little things like that that I needed help picking up on that you kind of gifted to me and now sometimes I watch shows with other people and they don't pick up on the comedy and it's probably because they didn't have Bobby there laughing with them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
0: oh, well that was a very impassioned speech I, I didn't realize that but I'll take the credit yeah,
1: the, credit. <laughs> yeah. So, the humback's gonna do the work I'm just gonna take the credit right,
0: exactly The um uh, what's that vacuum called that just moves on the ground so oh, a
1: rumor. the room right yeah. the room oh, yeah. i'm gonna
0: take the credit right. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well oh man it was so great to talk to you i, I have I yeah. like not one of these conversations we haven't had a conversation since the last time i visited in december
1: so. i know you live so far away but uh
0: well we're always open you know you
3: can when i
1: when I move to Colorado, we'll always be open and you'll come through to Colorado, but I will make it to North Carolina. I should go there.
0: Yeah. Seems, sure. seems nice. Yeah. Let me know when you make the move.
1: I will. I'll let you know. I'm going to be there in September looking at places. So.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, I'll talk. To you. I'll probably text you later tonight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. We'll see you later. No problem. Bye, Caitlin. Bye. Nice thanks meeting you.